With your headphones on, I knock your speakers, take a breather. Know it's been too long. See the vibe too strong. Cooking potent like the Byrex on. Swinging heaters till pinata's gone. Bust, bump your bustin'. It's nothing to cup confession. Couldn't fix talking shit, kicking back the session. Such a blessing, like holy water, bring a slaughter to your daily stressing. Now take a sip, I hope you got the message. Come and kick it with the family. Tiana Fox, DJ Swift, rockin' properly. The policy is simply the drama by your wallet, by your wallet. To get a second with the vibe is such an honor. Be word to your mama, see the clock is. Time to bust the move. When that needle take a drop and knock you out your shoes, we fly with it, get a whiff of this designer stool. Dope dealing with track life, serving it just for you, just for you, just for you, serving it just for you, just for you, just for you, serving it just for you, just for you, just for you, serving it just for you, just for you, just for you. You know the rest. Just for you. Can I kick it with the kickback show? Can I kick it with the kickback show? Can I kick it with the kickback show? Well, I'm gone. Gone in. Yeah, you start that shit now. The Kickback Show. What's in your cup? Yeah. Yeah. Kickback Show to Kickback Show dot com. All up in the it. Johnny and she is Organic Blackberry. Oh, my bad. Organic Blackberry. Tastes like it sounds, sound like it tastes. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tiana Giovanna. DJ Swivel, anything less would be unswivelized. Yes, all up in this thing. All right, man. Uh, definitely got the honor and pleasure of having this brother on. Goes by the name of, is it K-Town or Koreatown Oddity? All of it. All of it, everything. <laughs> everything, okay. Yeah. Man, I, I absolutely love it. So, I mean, I get it because, you know, born and raised in Southern California, you know, L.A. County. So, you know, I understand Koreatown, the whole K-Town, exactly where that is. Uh, but for people that may not necessarily be familiar with the demographic of, you know, or the geographical layout of Los Angeles, let them know yeah. exactly what K-Town is, like what, what Koreatown oddity is. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so... I've been in uh, Koreatown since uh, the late 80s. Uh, I was born in 84. And, uh, and since since super young, I've just kind of like been a, aware of what's going on. Like probably since I was maybe like three or four. So it seems like, you know, seems like I've seen all this stuff. And uh, my mom was, you know, into uh, uh, hip hop I got put on to it through her, through her tapes, Ice-T and all this type of shit like that. And she was fucking with Syndicate and Zulu Nation and making jewelry and um, having booths at the Rodeum and Lamert. And, and so uh, off the top, just my experience of uh, growing up in K-Town is already like so black and hip hop, you know what I'm saying? And um, right. and Koreatown is, you know, it's called Koreatown, but like, 
growing when I was growing up, mostly Korean people just owned some of the businesses, but it wasn't like a lot of Korean kids hanging out around there, which you or not. It was mostly black and Hispanic where I grew up. So, um, and I've been around. I've been here. I'm still here right now. Uh, so, so basically, you know, 35, 36 years. Um, to me, it's like this this center of the city because it's like right where uh, Wilshire and Western cross and everything kind of like comes through there. And because of that, uh, I feel as though it's like, you know, it's, it's multicultural, you know, and uh, also um, a place kind of like that has a, a different perspective because uh, of certain history here. Um, uh, like there's like, you know, a, a hip hop history here, which is kind of like, it's weird because like they used to have a, a spot called the Red Onion, I think it was called, which was like a like a restaurant, a hip hop kind of restaurant spot where everybody was going in the uh, early 90s. And I used to go eat dinner there as a kid. And, you know, um, so my experience is just being in K-Town is just completely different than probably probably even a, a, a black kid that grew up in Koreatown um, because of my, my hip hop kind of roots to it. And uh, and everybody knows me that every, I used to make um, uh, videos with two VCRs and editing like that and making music on cassette and all that. So um, anybody that knows me growing up is like, yo, he's just that weird nigga from K-Town, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like where the uh, the name even comes from. Um, I, you know, I said it in a verse one time, like back in the day, when I had, you know, several other names or whatever, but then I was like, oh, that's it right there. That's the name because one, there's nobody I, I, I know that really claims to be from Koreatown, you know, that's black and would really claim it because it's kind of like it's not really like cool to say that you know it's more cool if you if you do hip-hop to be from compton or you know from watts or that's funny. you know somewhere when people even think about la hip-hop they think about south central first before anywhere but you know it it's like it's all across the city and I'm one of those those dudes, maybe because I grew up in Koreatown because how, you know, my mom was and have me involved in certain things. I'm everywhere in the city, you know what I'm saying? So, like I even say on the, the album, like, uh, uh, strangers say the city's divided, you know what I'm saying, by the tans of our skin, you know what I'm saying? But I never really noticed because I'm everywhere, you know what I'm saying? I never really even thought about it, so. Um, if that's in a long rant, basically explains okay. anything. But <laughs> very, very necessary, especially with, you know, you, you mentioned, you talk about, you know, uh, almost like a social divide or, or we talked about a lot on this show, how class kind of divides a lot of Los Angeles, right? And what's important about Koreatown yeah. um, and, and a lot of what you just said, I'm, I'm glad that you, you said it and explained it the way you did because a lot of people may not be aware of the Korean black tensions that existed in the in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, around the time of the LA riots, Word. you know what I mean? And so, you know, it, it's, it's, 
very key to like understand that, especially dealing with today's society and how we are really confronting race and race relations. But then also on the music tip, I mean, it's, it's spectacular to me how LA is so diverse where you can have somebody that considers themselves to be weird because they're in, you know, you got you got the universe right. behind you in your background, you know what I mean? Or if you're, you know, we talk about everything from a higher level of consciousness to you got, you know I mean, like you mentioned, the Compton and Inglewood, but then you also got the reverse to where you have people like Kendrick that are conscious coming out of Compton right. and people like Merce who are, you know, conscious coming out of, of Midtown, right, right, you know right. what I'm saying? And so everybody kind of covers that spectrum and, and oftentimes these groups ultimately get looked over because they don't fall into that cliche, you know, element that LA is known for. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think that's what's cool about this time is I think now with, you know, with social media and different people um, kind of pushing the music uh, for it creatively, yeah. uh, that, you know, somebody with, you know, kind of the style I present musically and um, uh, lyrically can be more like people can go, oh yeah, I fuck with that, you know, like, yeah, and, and not feel like, you know, cause I feel like, you know, like I, I grew up with uh, also like Cool Keith, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, he was kind of doing his own thing that nobody was doing, but it's like he, he get put in the category of like some weirdo rap or, you know, something like that. Just because he ain't talking about the same things that everybody talks about. But right. there's kind of like more topics going on in the, in the world at this one. And uh, yeah, like the, the riots thing, that's kind of like a big uh, part of my, um, my DNA kind of in a sense, because uh, you know, my mom was out there looting, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she was the driver, you know? And this ain't no dry snitching or anything. She's cool with all that. And, you know, it's statute of limitations or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and actually, she had her, she had her homie. Um, and, you know, it's crazy. I'm sitting in the car watching this like a movie, you know? Like, I'm in the backseat, you know, she goes to downtown. And it's everybody, the whole city's crazy right now. Picks up a homie, uh, Terry with the Jerry curl. He gets in, you know, he's he's a dude hopping out when we pulling up the spaces and going in and getting shit and coming out, you know. So I, you know, I, I mentioned an album too. Like, you know, I got VHS tapes still from that day that um, that when I look at it, it makes me think about that. And looking out the window and seeing all these people like running by, you know, jumping over the hood of the car with merchandise and stuff it was like it wasn't really scary to me it was like it was like yo this is fun like you know so <laughs> that's, out here. You know, that's, a, yep. that's the weirdest perspective for me from the riots is like you know i mean i knew it was happening because of something that wasn't good but right. the actual like whoa like look at look at all this like because we okay, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to worry about nothing happening to us. Like, you know, right. we're we're almost in, invisible, you know, <laughs> because, you know, uh, because we black, you know? So it's like, it's, it's pretty crazy. And like, so being over here in Koreatown, you know, I was, even though a lot of uh, Korean 
uh, business owners were protecting stuff, there was a lot of stuff they couldn't protect. So it was like, right. we were seeing that too. It's like, we were going out of where the area we were living in, but also in the area we were living in. So like a couple blocks away, the, the um, you know, one of the famous scenes from the uh, uh, the riots in Koreatown was the guys on the roof with the with the shotguns and stuff. And it's like that's the market we walk down the street to. And then we like go in the house and we look, we see it on TV. And it's like, yo, this is a trip. You know, we got like, you know, we got microwaves now and groceries. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, you said so microwaves that, plural though. That's the <laughs> like right, right, I know, no, microwaves. <laughs> you know, so like my my experience like living here is like cut from that like from eighty four to ninety four is like that's that's the Korea town for me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, I guess my spirit holding on to that kind of vibe is like maybe why I'm still around. Like it's always easy to find a place in Koreatown that's affordable. And so when we would move, my mom would just find another cool little spot over here. So I've been in several different places in Koreatown. And when I got my own spot, it was like, okay, it was easy to find some shit. So uh, it's it's kind of, it's a really unique history, you know? And the, one of the biggest gangs in the world is over here in MS-13, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing people don't know about. It's like, yeah. MS-13 is tagged everywhere over here. Right. <laughs> yep. They just yep. tagged it in front of the building like three days ago, so. Yeah. So yeah. obviously the landscape of LA has changed significantly, you know, over, over sure. years. We've seen, just massive amounts of gentrification happening in several places where, you know, it used to be like, yo, this is the hood. You don't walk at night. And now like Bob <laughs> right. and Karen are walking their pet poodle down the street <laughs> right. at midnight, right. like it's no big deal. Have you yeah. seen that change affect your neighborhood? And if so, has it affected the, the way that you make your music? Uh, for sure, I definitely uh, seen that over here, a lot over here because, and you know, like when you're somewhere for a long time and you see like it go from being just regular to like super like hot and trendy, you know, yeah. you see, you see, I'm, I'm always seeing buildings being torn down and, and that's kind of like, it's weird because it, uh, it affects me is what I noticed because you know you grow up with something and then it's not there and it's replaced by something else you almost like you know hold something up to that like you're like oh man they tear down to one spot and they build because a lot of the architecture is you know from the 40s or the, you know 60s or whatever and it's like these something like some kind of um feeling comes off of these buildings and then they they tear it down like i've been in there's two places that i've been in since growing up that aren't there anymore that i was living there and had to leave because they're gonna tear it down they give you some money or whatever and it's like they build one of the places um that's not far from where i'm at now it's just a parking lot you know it was i guess they're gonna turn into a hotel which was strange to me because it's right in the middle of the residential neighborhood so i don't know how they thought that was gonna work and it didn't work so uh, you know after like 15 years of it just being nothing it's now just a parking lot so when they have movies and stuff they use a parking lot for that and then there's another place i lived in that they turned into just some huge complex and it's just 
I don't know. It's like the the way it affects the neighborhood is like a lot of the people who like grow up living in these places and you know they got their kids, family, whatever, and they can't afford to live in the new places that are built. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like who is this really benefiting? You know, somebody, you know, moving here from Oregon that got mad dough saved up and they, they live in there now. But it's like you lived here all this time. Like sometimes I'll be thinking like, man, it, a certain amount of years living in a certain area, they should just like, you should just get free rent. You know what I'm saying? And and like, you know, they should give you a discount on anything you buy in that neighborhood just because you've just been over there. You know, because it's like you pay, you pay, you'll pay rent. Yeah, you know, you pay rent for like years and years and years, and then like if you ever miss one, it's like you never, you haven't been here this whole time. It's I like, know they have yeah, that. What? Sorry. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I know they have that stipulation in San Francisco because my oh. grandmother's uh, building that she lives in. Um, they oh. recently remodeled it and everything, but she's been there for like 50 years. So there's like Crazy. some sort of thing that's in there where they can't raise her rent and they can't rent kick control. her out. Like they can't right. kick her the out rent or control. raise her right. rent. Like none of it. It's none of it. Like you can't even kick her out. Like she's literally, she's able to die with that price. And whoever succeeds that, you know, after her is has the same, same right. Also, oh, when she... When when she has to give it up, the next person that stays in there, it will be rent control too. Well, if basically if it were to be taken over by someone else, it would still be that. If as long as it's all a part of the family, like. But if she were to oh. move out, it's free game for that apartment if she moved out. But because she's been there that long, I guess there's some law out there um, that it's all it's all good forever. But like if her That's daughter true. moved in with and her definitely. and she passed yeah. away and her daughter gets to keep that same rent control right. and so on right. and so forth. Word. If they ever vacate, yeah. done. And there right. are some places Word. like New York is good about that. San Francisco has rent control. We don't have any rent control in LA, which is ridiculous because, Man. you know, I've lived it's like a couple different places where there have been people who lived in that complex for like since the beginning of the complex for like 30, 40 years. But yeah. then eventually, you know, those people, their income goes, goes down because they end up ultimately getting on Social Security. You can't work anymore. And then they end up getting displaced and kicked out because, you know, there's, they just keep raising the rent. There's there's a couple places in L.A. that does have rent control. It's just oh, not. Are. Yeah, it's just not common. Yeah, there's, there's so much. Yeah. In yeah, the city of Los Angeles. Of. Yeah. It's crazy because like they'll just override some of them. Like, cause I, I have a homie who had a spot. He's over in Silver Lake. He's like grew up in this spot. His like he was born in the bathtub and the whole time. <laughs> and like, you know, and so they're like, somebody's taking over the building, they're doing something to it, but he has to get out. Like his mom lived Damn. there. She gave the spot to him. He's been living there for like four or five years. And and I don't know how the laws go, but you know, it's the rent was the same for a while, and then like, but now they're taking over and he has to leave. So it's kind of crazy to me. Like, I mean, I guess you know, shit. Niggas don't own the property, so I mean, what can you do? But, yeah, I remember. Right. I remember a few years ago, like, um, I think it might have been like right as Obama was about to finish his last term, where 
there was like news reports coming out where like laws were being passed and you and you wouldn't know about it unless you were like you know page 27 of the of the la <laughs> right and it's right. like hidden in the bottom corner and it's like this law was passed and because of that like rent control is now out the window or, or whatever the case and like you know so like unless That's you were crazy. really paying attention like nobody would know when certain things right. were when laws were passed to like you know take outdated stuff and put in you know new capitalistic whatever right 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 that's how they that's how they get people sometimes is they just you know fly it under the radar and then all of a sudden nah, that's how they do it that's the sneak move right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's, it's crazy how much of it is embedded in everything that we consume especially within like voting like that's why it's important for people to like look at measures read up on them try to find out what the pros and cons are because you know prime example would be like the whole the whole cannabis uh legalization in in la to where yeah. it seemed like a good concept but then you think on personal levels you have people that are in jail or prison because of small yep. offenses with marijuana that are still there their charges haven't been expunged but then also it had like fine print of yeah you can you can have um, up to three six foot plants or whatever growing in your place but then it also opens up the opportunity for officers to kind of almost like just do like a no knock warrant type situation so right. if they're suspicious that you have exceeded the limitations for owning cannabis they could just come up and run up in your spot and practically yeah, do a raid just crazy. based on suspicion you know what I mean and so it's like little things like that have always kind of been the underlining part of this you know swivel set of capitalistic white supremacist type right. of, you know yeah man like it's just crazy it's How crazy you... oh go ahead no i was just gonna say i feel like you know they probably legalized everything depending on when they could figure out how it benefits them. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be yeah. buying crack yeah. at the damn store in a minute. You know what I'm saying? So, and <laughs> and I, <mean> that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I think that's why it's even more important too for us as black people to be aware of a lot of those little tactics because a lot of times what happen is is something small like that can ultimately change the way if you're not aware you won't update your license or you end up violating certain laws or measures that got passed underneath those radars then you lose your business to somebody that's been staking it out because they you know they in a, of what's going on with you know that area right right how much nah, of you know, a lot of this how much of like a lot of what we're talking about um influences the music that you make just as far as Man. like your, your upbringing and you know racial and social you know discrepancies and, and disparities and things of that nature yeah well, it's crazy because like all these things are um just kind of like a part of the cloth um cut from you know what i'm saying so it's like it's always in the music you know it just may be uh yeah mixed up in this particular batch in a different way it's like right. you know if i'm if i'm baking pies you know what i'm saying i might have a variety of different pies but you'd be like hey that bakery is slapping you know what i'm saying yeah. you right. you fuck with you like yo i fuck with that bakery you know what yeah. i'm saying but i got yeah. all kind of different pastries i serve but they all got the same base 
ingredients, you know what I'm saying, which is, you know, just a, a, a young black male experience and growing from, you know, a child to, you know, a man and older and new situations. Like, for example, uh, you know, like I have a song about breast milk, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have one if I didn't know what it tastes like, you know? And so, <laughs> and so even in that, even in that song, just from what I, I've learned in my own life, I put that in there, like, you know, um, like how people be drinking cow's milk, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you looking at me like I'm a strange human, but you drinking cow's milk, what the fuck is you doing? Right, you know what I'm saying? right, right. <laughs> so like, literally like everything from life, uh, you know, kind of like comes into my music because it might just, you know, you might be having a conversation with your boy about something and just like one sentence might just spark something like, yo, yeah, I should do something with that. And right. oftentimes, um, you know, I'm, I might be the voice for those people um, that just have a slightly kind of like off version of the same topics and be able to deliver it in kind of a different way. Because also, you know, also I came up um, with comedy as well. So um, being able to merge those two together to present ideas to people is I feel like something I have to uh, utilize, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, some niggas is just say shit in a certain way you can't really even understand, you know, so I have to, okay, how do I understand it? Whatever's going on in the world, let me filter it through me, my mind, and deliver it where certain people that I know will be able to kind of like understand that. You know, it could just be as, like me, as simple as me saying like, yo, I seen LeVar Ball drinking milk straight out of the carton. It's like, but I only fuck with oat, rice, coconut, or almond. You know, just that, that line right there, somebody might be like, damn, this nigga don't drink cow's milk. I never really thought about that. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, it's just, and, it, and at the same time, some humor injected like that. I feel like that mixed with music is a good way to get ideas across to people, even people who don't agree with what you do, you know? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. What's dope is, is I feel like stand-up comedians, not, not necessarily that you're a stand-up comedian by trade, but like when you're mentioning like using kind of humor or comedy to kind of like help deliver the message, for sure. It's interesting how like, you know, the D.L. Hughley's, the Richard Pryor's, even the George Carlin's of, of the comedic world, like they're able to like really hit you with the truth and, and the facts or whatever, but deliver it in a humorous way that gets people thinking like provocative thoughts that, you know, they might not necessarily have been able to kind of receive had they just heard somebody just kind of you know, spit it out like a like a college instructor or whatever. Nah, word. Like I got this yeah. movie um called Driving While Black, which I'll send y'all a link mm -hmm. to so I can peep it. But um basically it's the whole movie is about, you know, dealing with me growing up in LA, dealing with the police and how I deal with things that happen to keep myself out of situations. But then it shows you how sometimes you just end up in a situation and you still have to figure out how to deal with it. So it's a dark comedy. I'm like, but there's humor in it. So people could be like, ha ha, that's funny, but damn. 
That is yeah, cool. right, right. You know, and I, you know, I've had like we we had some like screenings. Like first time we showed it was like 2015, and then we had some screenings in different places around the United States. And uh, you know, when I have like a 75 year old white man coming up to me after the movie talking about he enjoyed it, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, wow, okay, so you got it, you know, what I'm saying it's. And sometimes that's just the way it needs to be presented. That's the kind of like, that's the best thing like an, an artist can do. You know, sometimes, you know, they try to get a little too serious and act like they know what they're talking about. And, but if you just like, just keep it to your, your gifts and use those things to present stuff. And um, I think that's the best way. Cause people might not, people might still say, this nigga don't know what talking about, but they might take something away from your art, whether it be a joke or some music or a movie, right. and be like, you know what? That made me think about what how I want to um, take on this particular topic, you know? Right. Well, and not only that, when you present something through the lens of comedy, it takes the defensiveness out of it. When someone's right. there and they're open to, to laugh or to listen to music or something, there's no... There's no defensiveness. There's no argument there. It's just, oh, I'm going to make you laugh. You're already in a good mood. You're feeling right, but then I'm going to hit you with these facts. Right. And they're going right. to stick different because it's in the wrapped in the context of comedy. Right. Exactly. So, like, you know, you've seen Dave Chappelle with his, um, his 846 thing he did. And, you know, obviously it wasn't all jokes. He was, you could tell he probably was just up there freestyling. You know what I'm saying? But just because of the way he thinks, it's gonna be filtered and some humor is gonna come out of it, you know? Um, because it's, you know, you know, I, I say like, thank God for a sense of humor because when life's bullshit kicks in, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, at least you have that to be able to kind of like um, navigate your emotions and thoughts on things, you know? So, uh, nah, yeah, definitely, like, the, the artist pretty much using their gifts to, like, just tell you what they're thinking about. You know, I, I, I often think, like, people that even disagree, there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of Black people who are on the, you know, the other side of things, too, the more, like, you know, the right wing or whatever they call it, you know? And I think, I, honestly, I think we should be open to listening to what they talking about, too. We don't gotta agree, but, when people are just like listening to each other talking, you could take away the gems you want to take away, you know, to utilize that to, you know, push things forward for for everybody, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so amazing because I mean you 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 have situations where you you know, Dave Chappelle's, Richard Pryor's have always utilized their platform to address issues, but even even with a lot of the humor I've noticed people like them have presented the humor through irony, you know, and changing people's perspective to say, isn't it ironic that this happens because of this, but we don't right. say this, you right, know? Right, right, right. And then that's kind of the aha moment, like, yeah, I mean, clearly delivery kind of impacts the way that we laugh and interact with it. But what's beautiful about these mediums is that it can meet people in an infinite space. And what I mean by that is, is that there's somebody now that didn't, that, that ridiculed uh, NWA's Fuck the Police or that ridiculed Dave Chappelle's uh, the first comedy special on Netflix, right? right. 
But right. now that we're living in these times, they go back and, and listen to it with the new ear. You right. Know? Nah. With that's the new, how that's you know, how should be happening. On... Nah, that's crazy. That's that's how it should be happening with anything. Yeah. Like a Which, movie, anything. Like sometimes you might it might not hit you right the first time. You know, an album, anything. And then you come back and you're yeah. like, you know what? I wasn't ready for it, but now I'm ready for this piece of material. And damn, it's right. hitting now, you know? Yeah. Right. Like I oftentimes think, what if, <laughs> and this is not to throw shade at anybody, but what if what if Ice Cube wrote Fuck the Police in like as a poem? You know what I'm saying? I know, right. 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 It's like would it have would have would would white people have received it if it weren't so if it wasn't so presented as fear to them if they didn't absorb it in a fearful type of atmosphere, right? Right. But then it's like we didn't need that poetry energy and that wasn't the right. energy right. that was given to us right. because it was right. tension that had built up decades and millennia before then and it's like I doubt if us going through this now if we can go back and be like, oh yeah, let's listen to the uh, Shakespeare version of, of NWA for <laughs> the police. Right. <laughs> Forget the police because of the intentions that they've had against us. It's like, man, we don't want to hear that. We right. want to hear <laughs> <laughs> As the leaves fall down on my face, so do the bullets right. through my chest. Um, right. The right. It's like, no, no. We don't As need the pressure that. of the boot amongst the side of my soul. <laughs> Oh, no. No, nigga. Trumpets, trumpets playing in the background. Like, come on, man. No. For new and exclusive music, listen to The Kickback Show. and fifth street so i got my alias should not be a mystery surrounded by the culture born to be down i had the cold crush brother captain napping on my couch in cape town when i was a child he even taught my mama how to freestyle sitting on the floor listening to her cassette tub up an mc trouble shortly after a death and some ice tea some donald d some niggas lot chub rock St. Andrews and 5th Street So high, I got my alias Should not be a mystery Playing Contra on Nintendo With the homie Marquise Who lived a couple buildings over And was older than me I wore on wheels We could get in free When he was at the rink Or at the crib Staring at the TV VCR playing Moonwalker on repeat Plus I used the E Corner the cob With Parmesan From a lote man On my block And that shit was super bomb Once Dominique in the car with his moms on the way to the sitter in a white Nissan. Ain't no way to get an ambulance in the ghetto, right? Unless you call up, there's five niggas killing a white woman. 
finna be past tense, I told you that it's over 200 tree rings, you watch a nigga earn them No health insurance and that's still what I need You don't know nothing about little Dominique's nosebleed And uh, what you got to do with a little nigga? Finna be past tense, I told you that it's over 200 tree rings, you watch a nigga earn them No health insurance and that's still what I need You don't know nothing about little Dominique's nosebleed Nosebleed, 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 nosebleed Don't miss a beat Follow us on social media At The Kickback Show Kickback on I heard they legalized weed in LA Oh word What I still don't mean a thing Me and my niggas been twisting trees Without all of them tax fees I heard they legalized weed in LA Oh word Well then let out all the people that you got in jail Locked up on a tent to sell You feel me? Same old Dominique, a little stuck in my ways and moving upward in age. And thank God for masses attached to the mass. When I told you all my last, it was finna be past. You making me laugh. Rats and passion for the black kids in my neighborhood. Me, Brian, Sean, Brett, Anthony, single moms like a community and a family. Doria, Gil, Thea, Felicia, and Sharice. Eating fried gizzard for dinner, saving the grease. Walking the sizzle with my granny, eating cantaloupe and mac and cheese. Mama came to LA from Ohio in her teens. Got about the house, headed for California dreams. 1983's when the seeds conceived. Next year in the summer. He came, baby Dominique Born and raised in the only place where I wanna be Little black and Hispanic kids running streets Riding with my pops and he playing some soul Stylistics, temptations, miracles Marvin Gaye, Tina Marie, the dramatics Riding down Arlington about to hit Adams Used to hit that dip in the hill when they had it Really missed that dip in the hill when they had it Butterflies in my stomach was automatic Man, a lot of times got them archived in my file cabinet A lot of things rose, went and came A lot of those still stuck in my brain Look around, see shit done change, but in my soul all the feelings remain, so it's sorta of strange. I heard they legalized weed in LA. Oh word. What I still don't mean a thing. Me and my niggas still twisting trees without all of them tax fees. I heard they legalized weed in LA. Oh word. What and let out all the people that you got in jail, locked up on a tent to sell. We're here with a Korea town oddity. Yup. What's your favorite Korean barbecue spot? Uh, actually, I don't even eat Korean barbecue. I, I don't even eat at all. Oh, well, uh, I like vegetable barley bean bean pop, though. Okay, what is, what's, what's that? The Kickback Show. What's in your cup? Having a, having Fuck the Police by NWA as a poem isn't the energy that we need right now, you know, but, um, Something that that we that we said probably about a, a month ago uh, or a little bit more than that was that the word for this year has been accountability, and something that we that we oftentimes have asked artists that have been on this show is how how did they take accountability for their music slash actions, right? Um, or, or really, just taking accountability to provide some, some of again this this conversation into their music to and, and inform people. And we've had artists that said, you know, look, I'm just about escapism and creating music. 
people to have fun too, which right. still has its place. So I guess the question for you is how much accountability do you take in providing? I know that you shared a couple lines and everything about, you know, wellness with taking care of your body and drinking almond milk or oat milk instead of whole milk, right? Right. But right. Is there, do you feel as though that you need to go as far as actually being in the community, giving, you know, providing services or anything? Or where do you, uh, where do you stand with that? I mean, honestly, I just... I just I just do me, <laughs> which is naturally okay. like, which is naturally all that shit. Like you know, it's yeah. all every artistic thing I do has something related to what's going on. Always, it's not. I'm not even trying to even do that. I'm just like yeah. uh, I want to say this, and it just gets said. And you know, obviously, there's like. You know, now it's like, looks like, you know, it's like a trendy thing to do. You know what I'm saying? When little baby and the baby start making, you know, woke videos, now right. you're like, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, weren't you just sipping some lean? Uh, with your Gucci's on your feet. Right. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to see y'all doing that. I, I'm cool with y'all just sticking to what y'all do. I don't even want to. I know y'all care about black life. I don't need to see y'all. Mm. You know what I mean? YG right. like, yo, I'm setting up a protest, y'all. But guess what? I'm shooting a video, too. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know. <laughs> so it's like some some stuff can be a little like, you know, cringy, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, me personally, that's why I say I just do me. Like, I, I mean, it's stuff is always going to be in my music. I can't even help it. You know, it's like I'm going to be at a certain thing. You know, they had Juneteenth, a uh, big event in Lamert. I'm going to be there because, yeah. you know, that's my. there's a lot of my peoples that's there. So yeah. I'm going to go do that. You know, it's just. It, I just do, you know, what feels like natural and not like me, like trying to uh, either please somebody, you know, right. but but is a natural feeling to me. And like I said, it's like I, I almost can't help but naturally um, put something either in my art or be out somewhere where it fits. You know, it's that's just a part of me. So I get when artists say, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just keeping my music as party music or whatever. But at the same time, that person may be out doing stuff that we don't even know about. You know, they might, they might be a local store in their neighborhood that, you know, the owner, they like, you know, hey, look, I got your rent and they're not going to talk about that. There's this right. uh, a comedian, uh, 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 Paul Rodriguez, I remember one time I was talking with him. This is back in the day. I mean, maybe I'm like, uh, maybe like 17, 18 or whatever. And uh, we were talking. He was telling me, like, he'd just be looking at the newspaper and, like, um, seeing um, who's having problems paying for funerals and stuff like that. And he'll just send some money with a, you know, with a whatever person's name on it. And yeah. it's not even the point for people to know Paul Rodriguez, the comedian, sent me this money. It's like, mm -hmm. it is like, I might, he's not even really thinking about it like that hard. It's like, oh, I got some dough that, that I can help out with this. That's fucked up. I'm gonna just send that, yeah. keep it pushing. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. also those people too, who pro and who are like, even so cool as to, they're not even gonna defend themselves against people saying, what are you doing? 
You know, it's like they're gonna be like, yeah, right. I don't care what y'all think because I'm doing my thing and my real niggas know. You know. Are you, right. are, you um, are you currently still with Stone's Throw Records? Yeah, yeah. That, that album I just put out with them, uh, uh, that was it came out on Juneteenth actually. So I think one like just for the the audience who may not be aware, like Stone's Throw Records, like is one of those labels where it allows artists to do exactly that. Like they they give you guys the full freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. You know, uh, you know. Shout out to the, the homie J Rock. Shout out to um, yeah, J Rock. That's my man. He did all yeah, the like, scratches on my album too. You know, like it's wow. It's one of those things to where like. <clears throat> um, you know, like when, when Brandy sent, you know, um, info about you or whatever and, and having you come on the show, like, you know, seeing you be being associated with Stone's Throw label, it's like, oh, that's it's automatic. That's automatic. That's an easy call, right? Word, word. I, you know, I, I appreciate that, like, you know, you're on a platform in terms of a record label that will allow you to be yourself and not like kind of force you to do what might be trendy or, or you know what I'm saying, and give you the freedom to be you. And I'm sure as a creator, like that, that like is probably gives you like a lot of peace of mind, I would imagine. No, word. Do what yeah, you do. Yeah, because, um, you know, Wolf is my man. Um, he's the um, person, you know, I would just see him around. I'd be giving tapes out to people. Uh, you know, I'm a, a tape dude, so that's how I always get my shit. And like, especially before tapes was hot again, people were like, yo, what are you? Like, right. This tape thing, you know, <laughs> and so like you know, uh, like they don't tell me what to do with my music at all. You know, I go to the studio like, like a lot of times, like you know, like this particular album when it came out, um, I don't even think they knew this shit was gonna hit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like they didn't. There was uh, people in the office that like, oh shit, I had to go back and listen to this because they didn't, some people didn't even catch some certain things. So that's that's definitely dope. The creative process. I don't think I would uh, fuck with them if they wanted to tell me what type of music to do. You know, if anything, um, I'm trying to open them up to some more stuff that they may not be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like for example, like. Um, the day my album came out, I did a, a, a takeover of their Instagram, which they've never done anything like that before. Oh, and man. so in their stories, it, and it was Juneteenth, which was a, a great day to do it, obviously. And um, I went over to my man, uh, Taz Arnold, his store in Lamert, uh Soul Folks, and I did a performance there. And then I just like, you know, walked around the whole shit and basically spent my whole day and I, and, you know, I, I did stories about it. So, I mean, like, that's probably the blackest shit they've had on their <laughs> platform in a minute. <laughs> Other than, like, promoting, uh, you know, saying donuts and mad filling a billion times. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, I, I, I'm trying to do stuff like that. I'm always trying to, like, you know, if I get a another platform where I go a little bit higher up and have more eyes and more ears, I want to do something that's like, okay, you're not just wasting time and space you know what i'm saying i want it to be something that's like uh people gonna feel this and it's gonna present yeah. things to a new audience on both sides you know and that's that's pretty much what i'm about so it's definitely a blessing that you know that they just put the shit out they're like all right cool it's, I, I told them when it was done you know they you know they okay cool i showed them the cover they didn't say shit about my album cover everything they just was like all right let's go you know 
So that's a huge benefit as an artist. And it's so dope because I feel like they're one of the few independent labels, ultimately, right? That have yeah. become major conglomerates. Like when you, when I think about it, I think of record labels like uh, Ruckus, Loud, yeah. um, Koch was another yeah. one of them, and uh, and clearly, you know, Stone's Throw um, that provided an avenue for artists to be themselves yeah. and also to talk about everything like you just said, talk about what they want to talk about. And they've been doing yeah. that since the beginning of time and have given us clearly a plethora of, of artists and really designing a culture in a sense. Like, I, I think it's bigger than what the eye meets. You know what I'm saying? Word. To to, to have like this marriage of Detroit and Los Angeles with with Mad, uh, with Mad Lib and, and Dilla, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and you know the peanut butter wolves of the world. The you know the uh, you mentioned MF J-Rock, Doom, even, <laughs> MF Doom, Dame Funk, even the, like, you know what I'm uh, saying? the newer generation with knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man, yeah, super we, dope, very talented. We saw, we saw the No Worries, you know, with you know Anderson Pack and whatnot, like yep. and yeah, all yeah. that kind of. And you know, I agree, Foz. It's almost like it's like a the label almost has like a cult following, but not in a negative connotation. Like when people- right. No, yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you can be extremely, <laughs> go ahead. I was just like true, true loyal, dedicated fans that like are, are about everything that, you know, comes out under this umbrella. Nah, word. I feel as though that's because of, clearly because of the quality of yeah. the music, right? Um, and the freedom, I think the energy also transcends to people when they pick up on that. But then a lot of, again, what we're talking about, which is why I asked about accountability, because I noticed even just recently with this new wave of, you know, awareness and people really kind of uprising uh, due to the social, you know, the social environment right now, mm -hmm. uh, that we have records from artists that typically don't get the recognition that they deserve, right? Word. So everybody, let me rephrase that. Most people that I talked to slept on Kendrick's album, To Pimp a Butterfly. But it seems which like that crazy. piece, of, <laughs> which is wild because that music now has transcended through time to be yep. even more relevant than some of the hit records that came out during that time in 2015. Word. Right? right, and we've seen that time again. Whereas you have people like Ray Charles. Yeah, he gave us party records, but he also denied to, you know, denied to perform at certain places that right. showed inequality. James Brown, same thing. And these are artists again that we love them for their party music and making us feel good, pun intended. But then right. what they did for their communities and for the culture, you know, and so kind of going back to Stone's Throw, I've, I've respected them so much. And I think that co-following comes from the fact that people understand yeah. that they're being high, that they're being fed even beyond just music and entertainment. Yeah, like, um, I mean, my man used to say, God bless my man, Raj G. Um, we used to always talk about... Uh, we make timeless music, you know what I'm saying? And and it doesn't matter when the shit comes out, really. It's like, it shit can come out anytime because that's what, that's what we focus on is making timeless music. Not not um, trying to 
you know, be with what's going on or uh, trying to like, yo, what people gonna like. It's like, yo, if it, it's gen um, genuine music coming from you and how you feel and, you know, like, it's, it's always gonna be relatable and it's always gonna be relevant. So um, that that is what I try to focus on. Like, I have that in my mind subconsciously. So the, the, always... the album's called Little Dominique's Nosebleed? Yes, yes. What's, um, explain like, you know, for, for the people who may have seen the cover or will hopefully see it, you know, soon enough, like what's the meaning behind the description about the car accidents? above your picture. uh so when i was probably about like maybe like five six uh I, I was in a car accident me and my mom was on the way to uh babysitter's house this car like flipped the u-turn out of a parking space and like crashed right into us and so um i like hit the dashboard windshield and um uh, broke a blood uh, vessel in, in my nose where like throughout life it was just like I would just have nosebleeds just anytime anywhere middle of the night all the time it could be in and out of the hospital all the time and then maybe like I want to say it was a couple years like right after um I got hit by a car in front of my ops like I was I went to get some ice cream whatever came this car skirted around the corner hit me he tried to back up to see if I was okay broke my leg because my leg was like, I guess in a weird space underneath the tire, you know? And uh, <laughs> and so those two moments, like, is since those, I just always had this kind of like feeling that somebody, some entity is like watching over me and putting me at places at the right time. And it's just, I just, felt like I, I different you know like how you know when a um, you know some sort of superhero you know he was at the toxic waste plant and then it <laughs> spilled on him and then he became you know <laughs> one big arm man or whatever <laughs> you know so it, it's, it's kind of like like that kind of thing is like what I what I felt like since then and you know I would just be like you know like even to to this day like I might be somewhere and see something written on the wall or whatever and and pay attention to that like oh that's kind of weird and then later on in the day that will connect with something and i'll be like oh yo that's crazy i saw that because that's good because i didn't do a or b that i was gonna do you know so and so it's it's connected to sort of like a a, a spiritual thing you know my pops has always been like every every time i see my pops is like um, he reminds me that, yo, this might be the last time I might see you today. You know what I'm saying? We might see each other, this might be it. So we just kick it like as if this is it every single time, you know? So I cannot see my dad for like a month or two. And then when I see him, it's like, it just starts right back, you know? And so that that type of thing, and he's into the whole biblical math. He's always running down the numbers to me of how like, oh, the numbers for this year connects to like, he knew all this stuff was gonna happen. He's not surprised that, you know, the George Floyd, he's like connecting the numbers. He is aware of that through these type of things. So growing up with like that type of person around talking to you like an adult, like a grown man, you know, 
um, influences all the type of uh, stuff I created. Obviously, of course, uh, my mom being around too, which I have her on the album, um, on the um, song Little Dominique's Nosebleed, which is basically kind of a, a, a reenactment of that first accident. And my mom- So she said she, she really went off like that? Yeah, she, I, I basically oh, was like, shit. I played her, I played her the track and I was like, she was like, oh, this is crazy. She was like, oh, and I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, you come record it. So we're at the studio, I get her in the booth. I'm like, yo, so just go back to that day. And the first reaction you had when um, the car hit us and you, you know, you got out the car and she just did that in one take. And it's like when you when you hear it is and it's crazy for me to hear it because obviously you know I blacked out you know only thing I remember was waking up being carried in the house and ambulance you know like stuff like that but that piece is like a piece I get to be there for now because of how she recorded it the raw you know emotion of how she felt and so um, you know my mom is obviously really connected deep to these. Um, accident stories, one from being there for the, the first one and the um, the second one was hit by a car because it was like right in front of the house. All the all the neighborhood kids were outside. So it was like everybody saw. And um, my sister, who um, she lives across the street because, um, you know, we got the same dad, different moms. And which is which is hilarious. That's a, another across thing is because because Wait, so she was, her mom lived across the street from your mom. <laughs> yes, let me tell you. So, I she was a, just a kid so in the neighborhood to me. Like, you know, I would just oh, you know, I know this kid over here, whatever. And one day I'm like, yo, my dad, my dad is about to come through and pick me up. She's like, my dad too. And then pulls up. It's our dad. <laughs> I remember asking him as, as an adult, like, I was like, I was like, yo, did you do that on purpose? He was like, hell no. He was like, but hey, it worked out. And, you know, after that, you know, it's okay, like, wait. I gotta... So was her mom living across the street before she was your sister? As um, if, like, was he, like, walking across the street dipping? No, nah, <laughs> I don't think, well, she was born before me. She's, oh, uh, she's well, I mean, old. but still, was he walking across no, the I mean, direction dipping? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long, <laughs> like, they lived across the street. I just know that that was the- That's that hilarious. Was I know the whole story. That, <laughs> I know the whole story. I mentioned that on the album as well, too, which I played for my dad, which he got a kick out of because he's just like, you know, <laughs> he's just like, yo, it's a trip how, like, you really, like, just lay these things out in a song and make yeah. it like funky, you know? Yeah, that's me. And so, <laughs> so, you know, like, I, even just telling uh, my story, which like, you know, it might not be, I might not necessarily be uh, talking about today's things that's going on. I might be like, you know, I'm recording my album. I obviously didn't know what this climate of this year was gonna be, uh, be like, but when the album comes out, you know, it, you know, kind of connects to it still too, because that's that's just my shit, you know then? And then when you hear my story too, it's kind of like, oh, yo, it's okay. It's, it's a black kid in LA growing up with all this. Like, I even have a, a, a line on one song where I say, um, uh, mom's, mom said you can't wear any old thing, an education on colors, if you know what I mean. 
a little black man is all people gonna see. So watch out for everybody, not just the police. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's just like, you know, that's a line in there or whatever, but still it comes into today. You know what I'm saying? Which I just think that's always gonna be relevant. And, you know, until niggas start wearing the same silver jumpsuits in the year 3000 or some shit. You know, <laughs> but until then, that's just always gonna be relatable. You know, as a as a you know black kid, you worried about you worried about niggas. I worried about cholos. I'm worried about fucking <laughs> the police. I'm worried about uh, the white man. I'm worried about fucking everybody. You know, so uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even remember exactly uh, what that question was or why I started talking about like that, but uh, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that is a part of just the black experience in America, period. Word. And it has always been the black experience in America. Therefore, it will, it's your experience. And obviously those the nuances of your story are very specific and special to you. But right. overall, that is going to, that is right now and has always been a timeless story. They're word, about making word. music automatically timeless because any black man in America can relate to what you're saying. Yeah, it's gonna be relevant. Word. Yeah. Word. And even like, you know, even the stuff that's not as, you know, uh, dramatic, like just playing Ninja Turtles on Nintendo and having to take the cartridge out and blow it because it, it's fucked <laughs> up, you know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> stuff like that is on there that people can just relate to like, ah, oh, shit. Or they remember going yeah. to the store uh, playing uh, video games at the liquor store and everybody putting their quarters on the screen because you want to wait your turn and find out how many quarters you got to wait till you get your ass beat in Street Fighter. You know, like... I got next. <laughs> mm -hmm. song, right? Uh, yeah, I got next, right. <laughs> exactly. So tell us about what are, what are your... What do you think are going to be the most timeless records from your most recent album? Like just looking at it, what do uh, you think going to be the most Um, I'm, people are fucking with the. Um, I think the No Yores one. Um, there's a joint in there called No Yores. Mm -hmm. Um, Kimchi, uh, the Weed in LA one. Um, Attention Challenge, and uh, and I, I want to say even um. The little Dominique's nosebleed one, like those, those few is like the ones I've been seeing people kind of like reacting to, like the one that's gonna like, like pull some some feeling out you immediately that you're just like, oh okay. Um, so yeah, I think I'll probably say those ones. Now, were you surprised by any of the records? Like, were, on either way, did you think that one was gonna hit that? didn't get the reaction that you think it deserved? Or was there one that you didn't think was gonna hit that was really like a last minute add-in that people are really messing with? Well, honestly, my album is, um, I, I put together albums and not just songs. Mm -hmm. So when I'm like making an album, I'm conscious of like how each song is gonna go into the next one, you know? And, or how does this album end? Or how, how are people feeling when it starts? and how are people feeling in the middle, and then how are people feeling when it ends, and what do I want people to feel when it's over, you know, as for the people that want to listen to full, complete albums, you know? So, um, I, 
honestly, like nothing's really surprising on reactions because if you listen to the full album, you're gonna be like, oh shit, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a movie, you know, because there's like, you know, there's things on there where people are just talking, you know, and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and there's a story that goes through, like, all, that's how I pretty much, that's the space I work from when I do albums is like, I want it to be a complete thing. And yeah, there'll be songs, obviously, like once you've heard it enough that, you know, you're gonna jump through and be like, yo, this is my joint, I, I fuck with this, you know, but overall, you're gonna understand that this is a, a complete experience that, you know, no one song can uh, give you the entire album. I think that's that's a very rare thing to, to have and do right now. Um, like, or at least we haven't heard enough of it um, on on the mainstream as far as constructing albums where everything is fluid and, right. and you know understanding what you know the overall concept because that's ultimately the perfect album having an overall arc of a concept what you're trying to say and then presenting it that that way but you yeah. know kind of understanding like the theme and everything you know it's, it's amazing so I, I commend you on that man because it's not nah, i think some you, of the, the albums that we consider classics ultimately have that you know that's exactly, they ultimately that's have exactly that. that's exactly it you know what i'm saying and yeah. that's why i say i'm like that's the the cloth i'm cut from like i'm trying to make you know i'm trying to um put my piece into the culture you know what i'm saying i'm i'm here to add something to the culture you know growing up in the culture and being a part of it that way is makes me fully complete when i'm able to add something to the culture that pushes um things forward you know so if it's like yeah i'm just making songs because you know it's cool to rap and you know like the song is hot and that you know that's cool too because you know nobody's wrong everybody that's doing rap right. like nobody's nobody's wrong you know what i'm saying we're yeah. all right yo rap about what you want to rap about but right. for me like the what what i noticed in my lineage and just the hip-hop is like this the best shit is the stuff that people are like trying to make some timeless shit putting some thought into and really want you to be like, listen to and be like, feeling good, feeling some way like, uh, you know, like when I listen to, you know, Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, you know what I'm saying, or Midnight Marauders, I'm like, you know, you listen to that shit, when you like really like in your zone, you like listen to the whole album, taking a drive or chilling on the crib, and it's like the album finished, you like, this album is so fucking dope, yeah. you know? And it, yeah. it makes you feel good about, you know, being yourself. You know, especially when you hear those type of artists, like, you know, cause they were different when they came out, everybody might not have been on the same vibe, you know? And even, you know, certain artists today that are doing something that's like, not really what everybody's doing, but 10 years from now, that thing still hits. Like you brought up to Pimp a Butterfly. That album is always gonna hit now. Whether you liked it when it first came out, it's, it's yeah. gonna keep hitting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's, that's what he put into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's so, you said this earlier about people kind of following these trends. And I mean, I guess it would kind of be <laughs> hypocritical to say that we want everybody to create 
to pimp with butterflies, right? Like, right. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear Gucci <laughs> Mane or Bosi talking about nothing conscious, right? right. Um, <laughs> and and, and I. <laughs> And, yo, uh, yo Bootsy doing to pimp a butterfly. It's like, first of all, the name would be hilarious to pimp an onion ring or some yeah. something like <laughs> some Which, really niggerish ass shit. It would be hilarious. And and I'm and I'm not saying that to throw shade. I'm saying I appreciate Bootsy and Gucci for what they contribute because they right. also they talk to their demographic and their market on their terms you know what i mean and and you mentioned it not to say that they don't do anything for the culture that they haven't contributed or take accountability taken accountability for their art form but again it's you know it, it goes back to the whole nwa doing poetry shit but i find it ironic how everybody again most artists jump on trends when i remember coming up it was trendy to be an individual artist. It was Whoa. trendy to be, right. you know what I'm saying, different and outside of the box and right. maybe adopting a style, but it was like you had artists like Redman that was his own thing, rough, rugged, right. and raw, right. who was in the Tribe Called Quest videos that were on some like, yo, right. like, we uplifting, this is what we not wearing jewelry, blah, 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 you right. know, so on and so forth, and you had a plethora of artists that were all successful at the same time by being exactly who they were. And right. I, I really wish that that became a trend or a thing again to where we started to glorify artists not sounding like the last record we fell in love with. Right. See, that's the, you know, that's the crazy thing with the culture, man. It's like, like, I love the culture, whatever it's going to be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the bad like the bad the ratchet the terrible the great the prolific the the nutty the the funny the all of it you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on twitter and i'm gonna go on youtube and be like this nigga gucci man said what now you know what i'm saying or you know i'm gonna go watch kanye in the interview yelling at somebody you know i'm gonna go i, I love it all you know what i'm saying like all of it is necessary because all of that is our voices um in, the, in this world, it might not be one individual's particular voice, but for, you know, every, you know, artist that's like little Uzi Bird, there's a bunch of niggas that really connect to what he's saying and what he's doing. And even though, even if you don't like his music, that nigga's a part of the culture and you can't do nothing about it. Like, you be like, nah, this ain't, you know, they, people want the culture to be something that they view it as from their time, but like, it's it's a ever shifting and changing thing. It's like a fucking ocean wave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want the ocean wave to fucking be calm, you know, but it's gonna do what it wanna do. It's gonna act crazy when it wants to and be chill when it wants to. And that's on uh, across the whole planet. So, yeah. you know, loving the culture is uh, it's like, it's just all of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like a human, you know, we got emotions. We cool sometimes, sometimes we hot headed. Sometimes we're yeah. just lazy, you know. It's like yeah. that's. I think that's the beautiful thing about hip hop is that it's the be it's the best culture for sure. Like not Absolutely. even debatable, and influences <laughs> the most people, and connects the most people at the same time because there's so many elements to it, you know. And 
it, and I I just enjoy that. I get a I get a kick out of that shit. I I agree one hundred percent. And you know, there's people that have now say like hip hop culture is pop culture because it's you know there's so many things that are based off of hip hop culture from you know right. TV, film, what have you. Um, you know, I we uh, we're gonna we're running short on time or whatever, so um, we definitely gonna have to have this have you back on the show again again very Word. soon. And you know, when we can all be in person and whatnot. Uh, I'm down. I'm down. Why don't you do uh, do everybody a favor and give out your your social handles, and then maybe like let's say like two songs off this new project that just dropped on Juneteenth, and we'll okay. we'll close the show with with your two songs. Okay, uh, yo, Koreatown Oddity. I'm on Instagram at Ktown Odd. That's Ktown O D D, and you'll find everywhere else if you just start from there. Um, Go check out Attention Challenge off my album and go check out uh, No Yores off my album. That's not spelled with a Y. That's two L's, O-R-E-S. <laughs> For everybody. Let them know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all appreciate yeah, so. y'all having me, man. I'll definitely come back anytime y'all want me back. Man, we, we, we extend an open door policy to everyone that joins this show you are now family so any and every time brother you have our love and our support thank you for being here thank you for your contributions brother and we look forward to having you again man and as usual y'all at the kickback show on everything the kickbackshow.com i'm wave cap johnny on instagram and she is organic blackberry tastes like it sounds sound like it tastes and she is oh, she's <laughs> away. Yeah, Tiana Giovanna on Instagram. I go by Swivel on Instagram. S W I V L L. Word, no doubt. Thank you, Brandy, for hooking it up too. Peace. Yeah, there it is. For new and exclusive music, we on live. Listen to, to the Kickback Show. You can fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pets on your back as you pass. But your final reward would be heartaches and tears if you cheated the guy in the glass. Y'all motherfuckers is boring, man. Ain't nobody paying attention to y'all. Let me tell y'all how to get some attention, man. Uh, do this challenge for attention. Man. You don't need to have no talent for attention. Say something stupid for attention. Pull out machine guns, start shooting for attention. You could be racist for attention. Tell these hoes to get naked for attention. A bitch could be pregnant for attention. Then pop a pussy out in public for attention. Get some fake titties for attention. Make sure you get some ass injections to go with it. Instigate some drama for attention. Disrespect your mama for attention. Set yourself on fire for attention. Uh. Be a wicked for attention. Police a killer nigga for attention. Then say all lives matter for attention. Be ignorant for attention. Become the president for attention. Smoke crack for attention. Act fake woke and black for attention. Get a rape case for attention. Get tats on your face for attention. Put out a sex tape for attention. Extort a movie star for attention Cause it really don't matter who you are for attention Slap a hoe for attention Get your own reality show for attention Start a fake beat for attention 
take some comments and delete for attention. Burn a flag for attention. Senior man dressed in drag for attention. Say you big pimpin' for attention. Pour some lean in your slurpee for attention. Tell the world you got herpes for attention. But no matter what, keep being thirsty for attention. 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 Hey yo, K-Town, man, what the fuck is going on, man? Niggas is out here wildin'. They on some look at me, look at me. I'm talking about everybody's on it. This nigga's on it, that nigga's on it, his mama, everybody on it. How about you look for that motherfucking job or where that hairline used to be? You know what I'm saying? Check your credit score, nigga. Everybody's a looking at this. Uh, at the press for attention. Take your own death for attention. Take a naked picture with your son for attention. Faking like you having fun for attention. What kind of tap on your lip for attention? Whoops, that's a nip slip for attention. Dress your baby like a hoe for attention. You stack of money like a phone for attention. Hello, money? Improve your life for attention. Attention. Destroy your life for attention. Attention. Be white and dance good for attention. Nay, nay. Take a picture in the hood for attention. Get back in the car. Wish a nigga would for attention. Talk shit about your dead homies for attention. Die in a freezer for attention. Buy your kid a couple ponies for attention. Slut walk dick teaser for attention. She shake that ass for a mention. Keep talking how you worthy of attention. Snapchat giving birth for attention. But no matter what, keep being thirsty for attention. 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 Oh man, look at this motherfucker right here. Though. Oh my god. No, but did you see her? No, no, wait, wait, look. Let me show you this motherfucker right here. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe that shit. What, what, what is this bitch doing right yeah, here, though? What did that dude just say? I can't believe he said that. Did he really? He did not say that. Yeah, did I he really it. say that? Did he do that? No. I don't know. We're not making that up. No, you making that up. Sometimes I wanna cry, but I can't though. I gotta stay strong and get more though. Sometimes I wanna cry, but I can't though. I gotta stay strong and get more though. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted more and we wanted with less hype Looking for justice and listening to just ice Pick up the dice and adjust the price Even when they roll snake eyes I escape with the prize Surprise, like a bitch popped out of a cake Do they still even do that shit for people nowadays? I'm saying, you could be hours away from destiny That's why my mind wide awake when I'm trying to get some sleep Especially when I feel like I'm trapped in the corner And God is testing me to see if I'm ready to move forward Winter, spring, summer to autumn Life's preparing you for situations that's harder uh, I know exactly how you feel from the drama When your tear ducts swell up with water Because I Sometimes I wanna cry but I can't though I gotta stay strong and get more though Sometimes I wanna cry but I can't though I gotta stay strong and get more though Sometimes I wanna cry but I can't though I gotta stay strong and get more though Sometimes I wanna cry but I can't though I gotta stay strong and get some more though